Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Fuck With The Original. I am Casper, your host. I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep a straight face, guys. Uh, it's Becky Grimlin. It's Here Cat- to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays, because... Wednesdays are for podcast, and apparently, uh, I was gonna say real quick that Casper is, um, and is the spirit of our uh, Judd Crandall is the spirit in channeling Casper today. Should I do this voice the whole time? I guess I could do that. I mean, it would get really annoying, probably. I could do this the whole time, but you know, you ought not go to the pet cemetery. Sometimes that is better. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have been told by multiple people that I needed to do that. I don't know how I'm good at it, but... <laughs> and we just watched the original one, too. The original... Yep. This is our Pet cemetery episode, guys, if you haven't been... In uh, case you do not attention. know, this is the Pet cemetery episode. <laughs> don't fuck with the original. If you didn't get the Judd Crandall reference, that was... Uh, Mr. Crandall, voiced by Fred Gwynn in the original. Love him. Love him so much. And we were talking before, I don't know what kind of voice he was trying to channel. I don't know if that was some kind of a New England accent. I mean, if you all could tell me what kind of New England accent this is, that would be great. (laughs) He just kind of seems to talk out of the side of his mouth, where he's got like maybe some false teeth in, I'm not really sure. But he (laughs) kind of seems to drag things out. Does anybody in Maine talk like that? Does anybody? Please tell me, because yeah. I have no fucking idea. I've never met anybody. Could you imagine fucking like, like cursing in this voice? Like fuck. <laughs> I'm done. I can't. <laughs> I fucking don't go to that fucking pet cemetery. That's a goddamn place to go. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> don't fuck with that pet cemetery. Don't fuck with a pet cemetery. <laughs> don't fuck with it. I can't do it. I have no idea how I can do it that well, but I apparently it's a talent, I guess. <laughs> so, guys, Pet Cemetery. We are here to talk to you all about the old Pet Cemetery and the new Pet Cemetery. Um, talk about some comparisons. There will be spoilers if you have not seen the new one, uh, because we are going to go in pretty good detail about both movies. If yeah. you haven't seen the old one, I literally have no idea what to tell you. Yeah. Came out 30 <laughs> years ago. It was just on cable last week, so... You have. Yeah. It was 30 years ago. You need to watch it now. <laughs> watch Pet Cemetery. <laughs> and you'll pro- I'll probably break out into that voice every now and then, so... <laughs> I'm not, too. <laughs> I know. Even when we went to see the new one, I was like, Sophia, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> she, like, totally busted out with it in the theater. I had to... I was, she was holding it back big time. Don't do this in the middle of theater. Don't do this right now. Because the the little girl was walking up to it and they showed the sign and I was like, oh look, it's Pesha (laughs) Matare. So, yeah. So, um, I need to go on America's Got Talent and be like, I can do this voice. (laughs) I don't know how many people are going to like it, but I think Probably not a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's Someone's gonna get annoyed with this eventually. Like, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> also, I just like slightly um, raspberried. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, okay, so um, before we get into uh, the episode, I wanted to 
Um, just say if you guys have not, because I've had a couple people ask me to talk about this, so I'm going to take like two minutes to talk about it. Avengers Endgame was amazing, and you need to see it if you haven't seen it, and superheroes are awesome, and Marvel, rock on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, if nobody's seen it yet, good God, guys, there's literally spoilers galore, so I... Go I'm, see Avengers Endgame, just bad. telling you right now. Go see just Avengers telling Endgame. telling you. Or just... Stay off the internet until you see it. Um, the other thing I know that, um, I don't know if anybody's mentioned this either, because we've done, our Ted Bundy podcast has been a while back, and then we did mention it, I think, on our Dahmer podcast as well, mm-hmm. that May 3rd, just this past Friday, was the <clears throat> Netflix special that came out, Zac Efron and Lily Collins, and uh, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I personally loved it. Um, I am not, I don't want to preface by saying I'm not a fan of Zac Efron. I think that would be a bad way of saying it, but, um, I'm older and I don't know if maybe age has something to do with it or maybe just my preference for movies, but I feel like like it has a lot to do with age because this is where our age gap comes into play because I know him from high school musical. I grew up with high school musical. One movie would have no reason Um, to. I mean, he was, he was Troy Bolton before he was ever Ted Bundy. (laughs) Um, but I think that's what it, what it is. It's the age mm-hmm. gap because I grew up with him. Like Zac Efron was a big part of my mid teens. But I so. I feel like for me, I'm sort of glad that I came into it not really knowing anything about him except <laughs> that he was sort of this teen heartthrob kind of guy, and you know, or maybe like had done a few comedies in between there. Bad Grandpa Neighbors. Neighbors, yeah. Never. Um, yeah, never he did some comedy saw stuff. Any yeah. of those in the. But yeah, it, it's totally the age gap. That's that's what it is. So. Yeah. And sorry, we had to pause in Momento to remove a <laughs> clock. You guys would have been hearing so much ticking in the background. Like, what the fuck is that? Is a bomb going off? Like, we actually, like, didn't Jesus. even notice it until, like, the third episode we were recording. I was like, I can really hear that like, clock. Like, damn it, now we can hear the clock in the background. <laughs> Shit. But anyway, yeah, um, definitely the age thing didn't have any clue but I'm sort of glad I didn't have a clue of his background because going into this movie I just want to say and I actually read a really good review the other day that like he kind of looks a little bit like Ted Bundy but as you watch the movie and I went back and watched pulled up interviews like from the courtroom different things that act out in the movie that Ted Bundy was actually in and let me tell you, Zac Efron got his movements down, his walk down, his voice down, his mannerisms down. I mean, literally to a point that I really hope he decides to take on more dramatic roles and realize that he can do it. Like, he can play a role like this because he did it so well. It was just... I haven't seen I it yet. Really I'm gonna I'm gonna it. watch it tomorrow. But and um, uh, Lily Collins was great. Um, I knew a little bit of her background, but uh, yeah, the movie definitely comes from a place of I think some people. And at first, because it plays out where she's his girlfriend and she wants to believe him because she does fall in love with him and she's a single mom and she's a bit of an alcoholic and she like doesn't think that anybody will be there for her and he there's just this thing about him he has this charisma and she even says 
even when she does have these certain suspicions of him, she just can't get over how he makes her feel. And it just, you feel for her so much and it just makes you feel from beginning to end. I, you know, I, I just feel for her. And, and again, she played that role very well. And I'm telling you, as, as soon as you start thinking that you feel sorry for this guy at any point, by the end of the movie, you're like, fuck this guy. Like, if you don't know any of Ted Bundy's background, if you haven't listened to our podcast or watched anything about him or listened to other podcasts about him, this guy was sick. And I think a lot of people thought that, like, this movie was going to glamorize him. It doesn't in any way, shape, or form. First of all, it paints him as being, like, the shittiest boyfriend ever because he basically cheats on her with this other woman, Carol Ann Booth, and by the she, way, he, I saw like a little. He cheats and lies to these women so bad. So even if you, so even if he wasn't a fucking serial killer, he's the shittiest boyfriend in the entire world. So that doesn't paint a good picture of him at all. Well, and from he's what a I saw, weirdo. the woman who played Carol looked that looked just like her. Yeah, they did a really good job. So I'm excited to watch casting. it tomorrow. It's great. Um, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, guys. It's on Netflix now. Um. So like I said, if you listen to our podcast and we're waiting to see it, it's on Netflix now and it's brilliant. It's so good. Um, Little fun fact, Joe Berlinger, there's a scene in the movie that actually did happen to Bundy in real life. Uh, This is right before one of his first prison escapes. Um, He does a jailhouse interview and um, the guy that's interviewing him in the movie that's interviewing Zac Efron as Ted Bundy in the movie is actually Joe Berlinger. It's the director of the film. You'll notice him. He's got like black hair and he's got a beard. So you'll kind of notice him for a bit interviewing him. And if you pull up that interview on YouTube, I'm telling you guys, the way Zac Efron acts it out is just spot on. That's what a lot of people were saying. I'm like, and I've seen, you know, all of Ted Bundy's interviews and all of his stuff so many times, even just doing the research for the podcast. So I'm really interested to watch him do it. I'm excited to see Well, that. like the scene, there's a couple things I did want to mention. When he was practicing, and we mentioned that in the podcast, when he was practicing getting ready to jump out of the window mm-hmm. when he was in Colorado, they show Zac Efron, not to give a lot of the movie away, but they show Zac Efron climbing to the top of his cell and jumping off in preparation to prep his legs for that fall. And we mentioned that in the podcast and something else that was cool to watch scene by scene was when he was sent to Florida and that prosecutor called him out in front of the cameras and was reading his counts. And Ted does this whole spectacle in his prison jumpsuit going, Oh, you're up for reelection, aren't you? Oh, that's why you does the whole thing and rips up the thing. And it just, yeah, Zach Efron, really acted that spot on and again like I said if you happen to watch them side by side like on YouTube as you're watching it you're like this guy is great he is don't just count him out as that high school musical guy he just I mean it, seriously if you have no other frame of reference to him is just that this is a whole new territory for him that I hope he decides to stick with because he's really good at it he's really good at it but I digress <laughs> um it just had i had to talk about that movie i just well yeah well it. we haven't guys it. we haven't actually recorded a podcast in a couple of weeks because everything's been pre-recorded yeah i know so i mean like avengers endgame came out game of thrones shit's been going down this ted bundy movie came out like there's a lot that's been going on so yeah we um we literally 
Yeah, because we had recorded our Skeletons in the Closet episode. Mid-April. Like, mid-April. Yeah. That just released. And then the Bundy episode we did, like, Dahmer. the Saturday. Or, sorry, Dahmer episode we did, like, the Saturday before. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, like, the first real time we've actually gotten to record anything. So now it's, like, everything has happened. Like, we're throwing everything out there all the I don't time. know why I just said everything has happened to the tune everything of everything is, is awesome. <laughs> Everything has happened. I couldn't help it either. You heard that too. I, I did. Like, I was like, everything has happened. Fucking Lego movie. Okay. I love it. Love Lego movie. All right, guys. So I guess we're just going to kind of jump into the movies. Um, we saw the remake last Monday or Friday. 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 It was yeah, it's last been Friday. Out, it's been out for a while. So like we said, we'll have some spoilers. Um, but we'll start off. So the, the, we did just figure out not too long ago too, which we don't know if you guys noticed or if this at all was planned, but there was exactly 30 year difference between the original Pet Cemetery movie, which came out in 1989 <laughs> to the remake now this year, 2019. So 30 years exactly. I feel like that was, that kind, was of kind of cool. planned. Yeah. It had to have been. I think I that like. was neat though. Yeah. I think that's really cool that they did that for sure. Well, I mean, they did that with the It movie. Yeah, they did. It was 27 years, though. Like, every 27 years, Seven it years comes back. Just, yeah. So, it was 27 years from the from the original to the remake. It was a 27-year gap. And we also... I think, I think Mackenzie pointed that out to me, and I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> well, and I feel like that's a big... I, I'm loving that Stephen King is really enjoying these remakes, and he's mm-hmm. really giving his all into being a part of them, and the directors and producers of these new movies are really just paying homage to his original work and he's like I'm all for it I love it I give my seal of approval on it like by the way guys if you did not know tomorrow is the first trailer for it chapter two yeah if you guys didn't know they're releasing a trailer tomorrow and I'm gonna be like on my phone all day like (laughs) and there's a tad waiting there's a really cute it reference to well Deary, like dairy, dairy, dairy. Sorry. So, uh, if if none of you really know like anything about Stephen King, he's from Bangor, Maine. Um, he's from Maine originally. Lives in Maine still. Raised his kids there. So he writes, you know, which would make sense. Pretty much all of his books centralize in Maine, but they're in fictional towns in Maine. Um, and in the new Pet Cemetery. When she's on the highway heading back home, even though this is actually set in uh, Ludlow, Maine, um, when she's heading back home, um, uh, the mother, Rachel uh, Creed in the movie, um, she's on the highway and there's a highway sign that says like dairy 27 miles or something like that. And I pointed that out to you and I was like, oh, that's so cute. She was like dairy and I was like... Pennywise. <laughs> like, that was cute. I love how they did. So they all kind of live in the same universe. So I thought that was really neat that the new <clears throat> movie would would point that out. Um, that would be really, so that was really cool. Um, so the movie, the original, is actually based on um, Stephen King's 1983 novel. And the original movie starred uh, Dale Midcalf as Lois, or Lewis Creed, Dennis, Denise Crosby as Rachel Creed. Um Brad Greenquest played Victor Pascal. Uh, Blaze Bradal played Ellie Creed, the little girl. Miko Hughes played Gage Creed, the little boy. 
And uh, Andrew uh, Habitsack actually played Zelda, which is Rachel's sister. So it was a man that played Rachel's sister in the original uh, Pet Cemetery. You can kind of tell, too, when you see Yeah, the, like, creepy yeah. bench. She had, like, spinal meningitis and everything. Um, and, of course, Fred Gw- Fred Gwynn was Judd Crandall. Judd Crandall. Um, if all of, any of you may remember him from Monsters. That's where I always grew up with him as. He was Fred. He was a... <laughs> He was Herman Munster. He will always be Herman Munster. Oh, I love that. Um, So there's really not... There's a few subtle differences between the remake and the original movie. Um, Mainly in the original movie, which follows along with the book quite a bit, is, of course, the family moving to uh, Maine. Um, Lewis is a doctor. He starts working at the university. Judd is their neighbor that lives across the street. They move into this new house. There's a pet cemetery in the back uh, that the kids ask about. Um, They also have a cat named Church. Can we talk about how pretty the new cat is, though? You know what? Isn't that a Maine Coon? I think so. Uh, I was mentioning to my hubby that the, the thing that always screwed me up years later about the original movie is I had a cat years ago that got really sick that I unfortunately had to put down. This has been a long, long, long time ago, almost 15 years ago. But my cat at the time looked almost identical to the original church in the first movie. He was an all gray cat with like big green, yellow eyes that would glow (laughs) just like the original church. So that used to always creep me out. But in the new movie, I'm pretty sure it's a Maine Coon. It's, it's like a, a Maine shabby Coon. Maine Coon. And it was Beautiful. sort of neat that the special effects they were able to have this with this cat. Because I think they actually did do some visual effects with like fake blood and stuff. But you definitely saw a computer CGI where like one eye was off because he got hit. I mean, he was ran over by a car or, for, or truck or for God's sake. Because basically, as in both movies, they live on this really busy road and there's this trucking company and that's kind of the premise. These trucks go by really, really fast. So the cat gets hit. Judd tells Lewis about this pet cemetery. But uh, beyond where the pet cemetery is that's directly behind their house, there's another cemetery where the ground is sour. Well, there's one thing that was I really wanted to point out too, and I'm... Next week is our episode on cryptids, which I'm super fucking excited about. Um, the Wendigo has a huge part in the book. Um, I that actually, they don't mention in the first movie, no, but they do all. mention it in the second movie, which is really cool because the book and the second movie both mention the um, Indian tribe mm-hmm. that the land originally belonged to. That Because um, in the first movie, Judd is taking him... And there's a giant noise, and he's like, "Oh, that's just a loon." Well, that happens in the second movie or in the in the remake. But in the remake, they actually point out the fact that it is an a wendigo is what's making right. that that crazy ass, you know, noises. And if you guys don't know what a wendigo is, it's very related to uh, Native American culture. Um, it's basically a demon that exactly. Um, does it feed on souls, like, or feeds on bodies? Yeah, um, and, you know, some of you guys might have played a game called Until Dawn, <clears throat> excuse me, and the, the video game for that's one of my favorite horror video games, um, 
the the villain in that video game is a Wendigo. So they kind of give you a little bit more of a background on Wendigos, but we'll go we'll definitely go more into the history of Wendigos and stuff like that next week when we talk about cryptids. But they are not good. <laughs> they no. are they are basically a really 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 fucking bad omen. You can even Google visions and pictures and they're fucking creepy they look like. looking they're really fucking creepy looking yeah and it's tied to in the book and in the remake this uh indian tribe called the um micmac mm-hmm. that was a first nations tribe that uh it was actually an actual indian tribe first nations tribe that of indigenous people from canada that migrated in into maine so they were a prominent indian a uh, tribe that was in this part of Maine that not only Stephen King lived in, but was the fictional setting of the book. So it was really neat how they sort of tied both of those into each other. Um, Judd also goes into detail that's not mentioned much. One thing that's different uh, from the new movie versus the book and the uh, original movie is that Judd goes into a story about a guy named Timmy. Um, it was the he was a World War II vet that was killed, and his father Bill uh, couldn't deal with his son's death, so he buried his son in the cemetery, and the son basically came back as a zombie. So his dad had to kill him again, and they sort of feel like that's the ground has just been sour ever since. But they knew if they ever buried anything back there that it would come back because I think when they originally saw the pet cemetery Judd told Ellie that it was a peaceful place Mm -hmm. and gave her this story of his dog that died but then and after church dying and they bury him there he tells Lewis that not only the story of the soldier but the story of his dog wasn't necessarily true his dog died they buried him in that pet cemetery his dog came back and tried to attack his mother and that's when they had to kill the dog again and bury it in the regular cemetery that he had showed Ellie at the time. So, um, and if you, you know, you guys don't know this, I'm sure you do, but the, the mother was very against Ellie learning about the dead. And this ties into her sister that we mentioned. Right. She's, she was just, she's like, what was Ellie? 10. I think about they mentioned she was about yeah. 10 years old. In both movies, yeah. And they were trying to keep, basically she was trying to keep her from knowing the truth about death and like what happens. So the reason. They really, and they touch on this a lot more in the second one too, about how they didn't really want her to know that church had died. Right. They, I mean, they kind of t- talk about it a little bit in the first one. Yeah. Um, because even Judd is like, I didn't think she was ready to lose her cat yet. So that's why he right. showed Lewis the place beyond the pet cemetery, which was. The burial grounds where everything comes back. So that was one of the biggest reasons as to why they even did that was because um, the mother did not want her to know about death. Because Rachel still hadn't dealt with death over her sister. Her sister had spinal meningitis and her whole entire body was crooked and like she just resented her sister for this because her parents basically made her at a very young age take care of her much older sister that was disabled and in the movie as well as the book and in the remake they do touch on the fact that it was just Rachel and Zelda alone in the house together when Zelda died but obviously and you'll go over this in the remake it's a lot more brutal um a little bit (laughs) she pretty much choked to death in the first one um so, uh, church does come back, obviously. Um, 
and at the time, uh, Rachel and Ellie were gone with, uh, baby, Gage. Gage. Baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I was like, where did that come from? Like, I just could not, um, so I was trying to think, oh, okay, yeah, so not long after that is when Gage gets hit by the truck on the mm-hmm. highway. You know, we mentioned again that the trucks were going by, they lived near a pretty, he was flying pretty the kite main, main road, and he was trying to catch the kite before it flew away, and... Now, were they having Ellie's birthday party also in the first one? Was there a party going on, or were they just... I think they were just picnic? having a picnic. Yeah, okay. I don't think it was said, mentioned anything about a birthday. I think it was just a picnic. Yeah. Um, so after the funeral, they leave, Rachel and Ellie leave to go back to her family home. Um, and, uh, Lois or Lewis rather is there alone and he's just not dealing with the grief of losing him. Um, now in between this that I forgot to mention, they also put in the remake, even though you and I talked about this, he's really not, his character is sort of secondary, but he's really not featured as much in the remake as he is in the original movie as Victor Pascal's character. Mm-hmm. He is a student that's killed in the university or killed uh, in a car accident. And uh, he comes into the clinic that Lewis is working at the time and subsequently dies. But Lewis keeps seeing his spirit and his spirit is warning him against this pet cemetery he's warning him not to go and like victor's spirit even comes to ellie mm-hmm. when ellie and uh, rachel are at rachel's parents house after gage dies telling you know don't that this guy came to me and he kept coming to you know he scared me because something happened to gage and this <clears throat> is this is the original because this did not happen in the new one right. um she, and like I was pointing out to you literally like right before we started recording, this little girl has like premonitions. She keeps dreaming about these things that keep happening. Right. That does not happen in the remake either. They don't mention that at all. No. Yeah. And um, Gage sees him in the remake, but he's so little mm-hmm. that he can. He he doesn't really talk he yet says, much. He says Pascal, like mm-hmm. he can actually say his last name, but Nobody else can see him, and he can't right. say what he's saying to him. He definitely had much more of a... Actually, Pascal's character didn't even really talk. He didn't talk at all. Just a much. little bit. When he had that a dr- dream, quote-unquote dream, yeah. when Lewis dreamed that he... Um, he told him that the ground was sour. Went actually went outside and went into the pet cemetery when right. he was asleep. That was really the only time he ever talked. Right. Yeah. He really didn't talk that much. He literally had, I think he appeared maybe three times in the remake. That was about it. And that was about it. He's very predominant in the first one as a, like, legit character. He also looked really badass. Those prosthetics were really good. Oh, my God, He looked fantastic. back in 30 years ago, they did an amazing job. Um, So, Rachel is rushing home. She decides to leave Ellie in Chicago with her parents. Rachel rushes home to get back to Maine to she just because Rachel had the nightmare about Pascal and everything that happened. Gage does come back um, because by this time Lewis has buried him in the pet cemetery. But the first place that Gage goes to is he grabs his scalpel out of his dad's medical bag. Uh, does Judd Judd comes over to their house? That's no, he right. goes to Judd's. Oh, that's right. He does go. To he Judd's. goes to Judd's. He goes to Judd's. <clears throat> He, um, and he's like, hello, who is that? <laughs> just like that, too. Who's that? Exactly, just like that, yeah. 
And then yeah. the kid literally gay just like, <laughs> like laughing. And he's like, who goes there? Oh my God. <laughs> and you know what's so terrible about that movie too is he's such a cute little boy. He is the most adorable little boy ever. He's so cute. You're so heartbroken. Girls, what was it? Boys have penises and girls have vaginas. He's the same little boy from kindergarten. Kyle. And um, Full House. Yep. Oh my god, he's so stinking cute. And he was like baby baby in this movie, though. I think. Oh was yeah, like he was little, little. He was mm-hmm. like toddler, like baby, baby, baby. Um. So he slept. <clears throat> he's oh, and this scene always. Oh got yeah, me I know this hurts. This hurts my feet. Thinking and I'm about so glad it. they did it in the remake too. But he slices Judd's Achilles tendon. Um. He kills him. Uh. Rachel comes home. Uh. She ends up getting actually lured to Judd's house where she finds Gage holding the scalpel and she finds Judd's dead body and then Gage, she's just freaked out. Gage kills her because she goes to pick him up. Um, Lewis wakes up. Um, Rather violently. Oh my God. <laughs> and we like just watched that too. He like, rolled, he like rolled out of bed and busted his head on the end of the table. He, he did like, not roll shit, out of bed. Dude. He oh, yeah, fucking like, launched. Violently like launched out of bed. Hit his head. on the night table. It's like, good Jesus, dude. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, how are you even coherent, sir? <laughs> you just slammed your like, fucking oh head God, on the, the table. What's going on with you, dude? So his phone rings. <clears throat> it's Gage. Uh, I want to play with you, Daddy. Yep. And that's when he sees the scalpel's missing. So he fills syringes with morphine, goes over to Judd's house. <clears throat> he finds Church, kills him with one of the injections. Um, Lewis finds Rachel's corpse. He gets into a battle with Gage, subsequently does end up injecting Gage with the morphine. He says, um, no fear. I know. He's like, no fear. You're no like, fear. Oh God. You're like, but you're such a little lass. You're killing everybody. If we, you weren't killing everybody, we wouldn't we have totally to do this. You're adorable, but you're a murderer, <clears throat> and we can't have this. You're a little zombie baby boy, and we cannot have you going around slicing people's throats and shit. Like, you can't be doing this. <laughs> like you just can't do this so um he sets the house on fire the judd's house on fire because i think that's the only thing that kind of coincides that the houses do catch on fire judd's house he does take um rachel out first though. yeah he takes rachel's corpse out um so in his mind he feels like since rachel just died that if he buries rachel's corpse and this is actually the same reasoning that he has in the book that's also similar. He has this reasoning in his mind that um, <clears throat> since Rachel hasn't been dead long enough, that maybe her reanimation will be different. Like she won't become violent like Gage or Church did. So not being able to deal with, he's pretty much been grief stricken to the point of insanity <clears throat> by now. So, uh, not to mention during all of this, Ellie's still in her parent, yeah, her grandparents' grandparents' house. So it's like, oh my god, dad's lost his fucking mind. So he buries Rachel in the pet cemetery the whole time. Pascal's yelling at him, like, please don't do this. Um, he sets at home, waits for Rachel to come back. She does show up, says, darling, uh, and stabs him. So, in the oh no, they make out first. They do. That's right. In the book, he's <laughs> playing cards. She walks in, puts her hand on his shoulder and says, darling. And this one, she shows up. She says, darling, they kiss, but she's holding a knife. She's getting ready to stab. Not to her, mention, so. guys, there's like pus coming out of her yeah, eye. That's her eye socket. And then they're like, let's make out. And then they make <laughs> out and you're like, Look, I get that and then she grabs a knife. And, and nice. A knife? 
A nice knife. <laughs> she grabs a knife and then just stabs him. And then you hear him scream and the screen goes by. And then it's like, I don't want to be buried. And I do like that both of them um, ended that way. That set is really cool. Because the original was a... Um, the Ramones. Ramones. Yeah, they were big fans of Stephen King, vice versa. And then they remade it for the original movie. That was Or for the remake. That was really cool. I liked that. I liked that. So yeah. The that was the, <laughs> That was the original Pet Cemetery. Um, I think we were saying like one out of ten. I give it a six. Yeah, even I give the original day, a six. It still holds day, yeah. up because, like we even said, thirty years ago, the special effects were really good. Well, you gotta you gotta think about the sister too. Zelda was actually really creepy. That whole oh that God. whole thing with Zelda yeah. was very creepy, and there was no special effects with that. That was just Mm-mm. makeup on this guy, like, and just his body movements. I mean, Ugh. it was just so fucking creepy. And to be a little kid and have to deal with that, I couldn't. No wonder she. Just never, ever, ever dealt with it. You know? Yeah. I like I like how they really deal with her trauma more in the remake. They but, do. Mm-hmm. But, uh... So, yeah. really, the remake is not really that much different in the beginning. It's no. pretty, um... It's pretty similar. They moved to Maine. Um, he's a doctor. He got a job at a school. Although, this one centers around Ellie. Um, the whole thing about... Did you want to name the cast real quick, or do you want to name them? Oh, I can do No, I can do oh, Okay, that. you're fine. Um, the whole movie is centered around Ellie, basically, who is played by... Is it Jet? Jet Laurence. Ooh. Very French. Very French. Who was an amazing actress, by the way. She did such a good job for being oh my gosh, a kid. Oh did, yeah. Uh, John Lithgow played Judd. He did not talk like this, no, though. He, he was different. I was kind of shy. I kind of wanted to do this. Um, I think people would have thought he was making fun of him, though. Some probably. Kind of I'm honestly not making fun of him. I love that voice. No, I, 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 no, I, I absolutely too. fucking I love it. I know you're not, yeah. Um, Jason Clark played Lewis Creed. Amy Simons played Rachel Qu- Rachel Queed. Rachel Queed. Jesus. Um, Hugo and Lucas Lavoy played Gage, so it was twins playing him. Um, and then we had... Absa Ahmed played Vic, played Victor Pascal, and then Alyssa Brooke played Zelda. So um, I actually really liked this cast because honestly, John Lithgow was really the only person I really knew in the entire cast. So it was yeah. kind of like when I um, when I watched the original Pet Cemetery, I of course recognized. A lot of that cast, but I didn't recognize anybody but John Lithgow in this cast, so that was kind of cool. Well, I think Jason Clark had been in. Um, he's been in a few movies here and there. Um, I I recognize him, but not enough to be like I know who that is. Like, like they what just he's from there was the win. It wasn't very good, but unfortunately, but <laughs> the, the the Winchester movie that came out last year, he was in that. <sighs> Yeah. You guys want to talk about a disappointment. If you guys liked that movie, you know, good on you. Yeah, but I, I really, I love Helen Mirren. I love Helen Mirren so much, but that movie was not good. It wasn't. I think probably the best movie I ever saw him is, is, uh, it came out a couple years ago. It was Chapataquick. He played, uh, Ted Kennedy and he looked like spot on him. He looked almost identical to him. But he's been in Zero Dark Thirty, Dawn oh, of the yeah. Planet of the Apes, White House Down, Terminator Genesis. 
Um, so yes, I did recognize him. I just didn't know what from. I didn't really know. Yeah, and I recognize Amy Simmons too, but I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. She was on a AMC show, an HBO show, a star show. Um, I had recognized her face, but didn't really know her from anything. So it was sort of cool. Like John Lithgow, I think, is the only character we both knew. I mean, everybody knows him from Third Rock from the Sun back in the day and a plethora of other movies he's done. But um Again, I think that almost kind of goes back to what I said about Zac Efron. It's kind of mm-hmm. neat to watch a movie where you recognize the character, but you really don't know them from, them from anything. So it's kind of like you're going into this movie with like kind of a fresh, fresh pet pair of eyes. That's why I really have a soft spot for B-horror because you, yeah. you don't know anybody. Most of the time you don't know anybody. And it's it's nice to see like opening your mind up to new actors and actresses that are really diamonds in the rough most of the time. You're like, wow, they're really good. Like, let's talk about The Walking Dead at the very beginning. They were pretty much nobodies. Nobody Mm -hmm. knew who any of them were. And now they got jobs in Marvel. They got jobs in, like, I mean, like, they're getting up there. But even back then when they first started, the the acting in that show was phenomenal. Heck, we could go even way back into our one of our first few episodes when we interviewed Chris from Wait Further Instructions. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the first movies Chris had ever done. Virtually everybody in that movie were unknowns except for the gentleman from Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. Nope, you know, so you're hoping, when you see movies like that, especially ones that were so good, you're hoping, or cheap TV shows, like we mentioned The Walking Dead, you are hoping that that kind of jump starts into a later career for these characters because they are so as an unknown, they do so well and they just sort of build from there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so, that li- this little girl in this movie is going to go. Yeah, she's this, great. She's really good. She and, yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, so not not really, <clears throat> excuse me, much of anything is different in the beginning. Um, we, we did kind of point out to the whole Victor Pascal, like he was not present, like he was barely present in this movie at all. Same thing, um, he was killed in a car accident. Same exact thing, yeah, though, yeah. yeah he even right. had the head injury the same. Right. Like, um, all of that was exactly the same. You can see his brain. Oh. So sassy. Mm. I love me some brain juice. I love me some brain juice. Brain juice. Brain juice. And then on Halloween, uh, Church is killed by a truck. Um, Jed talks to Lewis about it, and then he says, well, you know, we'll take care of this later. Um, and then this is when they take him to the burial grounds. And this is when the wind, like there's a Wendigo. You don't see it at this point yet. You hear it though. Yeah. But you hear it and it's not even, didn't they point out at one point in the remake, they said something about a Wendigo. He says it when, when church comes back and he goes to Judd's house and he's sitting there with the books and Judd's starts talking to him about the Micmac tribe and that's right yeah that's when he actually mentions a wendigo yeah um he even showed him like a drawing of it because you see the wendigo oh that's right yeah 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 um i'm sorry guys i don't know what's going on with the phlegm today a little verklempt it's allergies god guys we're probably going to get the rest of this this rest of this spring there's so much pollen everywhere pollen 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 everywhere (laughs) um so church comes back of course uh lewis does attempt to euthanize him but he doesn't kill the cat and just releases him at um the gate at a gate of an area he he actually takes him somewhere this did not happen in the original 
Um, he didn't even do anything with church at all. He just kept talking about that damn cat and he did nothing. <laughs> but um, in the remake, he actually took the cat to a gate and left it there. We all knew that that was not going to be the end of seeing well, him. He attacked him. He was attacked. Yeah, he was. He came back. He, he found him in a closet, wasn't it? He looked pretty fucked up. Yeah, and like Ellie was trying to brush him, and he tried to attack her. And then he went in Gage's room and tried to attack Gage when he was mm. in his crib. Like he never did any of that in the book or in the first the first movie. movie ever. He just was definitely acting different for sure when he came back. And Ellie had mentioned something that he smelled really bad. Yeah. Um, but no, in the remake, he was actually attacking them. And they were like, okay, you have to go. So yeah. when Lewis was originally going to inject him to kill him, he's like, I can't do it. So he just like dumps him off somewhere. And she's like, oh, he ran away. Because yeah. that's what he ends up telling Ellie. Like, mm-hmm. oh, just, you know, he ran away. Um. So at this point, the family was throwing a birthday party for Ellie. Um. Ellie sees Church in the road and starts going after him. Now they tease here because Gage starts following her. Right. And he starts going out to the middle of the road. So you're you're expecting Gage, if you didn't know to begin with, you're expecting Gage to be hit. But um, Lewis actually saves him not knowing that Ellie is actually down the road with Church. And by the time he realizes that the truck basically came unhinged and the whole, like, body of it went, like, just hit her. Yeah, hit her. And uh, she died instead of the, um, instead of Gage dying. Gage was fine. Um, So, of course, you know, same thing. Family's devastated. Um, Rachel is so upset that she leaves and takes Gage with her um, to her parents. Um, after they have, did they, yeah, the, did they do a funeral scene? Yeah, yeah, they had a funeral scene. They did there. do a funeral scene, okay. Um, but, of course, you know, Lewis is so messed up. He actually goes over to Judd's, gives him a sedative so he won't wake up because he doesn't want him to basically tell him not to do this. Well, because you know, Judd feels guilty. He yeah, tells he him, does. Like, he feels so guilty about even telling him about the pet cemetery to begin with mm-hmm. that he's like, I know what you're thinking about doing and you cannot do this. She's not going to come back the same. No, but guess what? He doesn't give a fuck. So he does it anyway. And this is when, when he takes Ellie to that place, you see the Wendigo. Yeah. You can actually see it in the forest. That was fucking cool. I'm not going to lie. Like I am so obsessed with skinwalkers and Wendigos. I love reading about them. I love learning about them. Um, Like I said, well, talk more in detail about it next week because next week is the cryptids episode but that part kind of won me over a little bit with the new pet cemetery because i was like they actually added the whole aspect of the wendigo and that was kind of a big deal as to why the ground is sour right um so obviously he buries her you know what happens she comes back uh kind of the same thing happens she goes in the house she finds the scalpel um she goes over to and of course it's a little bit creepier too because she actually can talk gage didn't talk that much when he was um when he was the one that was messed up in the original she actually can talk a lot more and she starts saying some shit she goes over to uh 
Judd's and she's like, your wife never loved you. Well, and she actually changes into his wife. Yeah, she, that was crazy, Because too. in the book, like, what's crazy is in the movie, she's, in the movie, Judd's wife is never mentioned in the first movie, in the original no. movie in 1989. In the book, she's still alive throughout the whole thing. And by the time Gage is buried and comes back out of the pet cemetery, Gage uh, goes over and kills Judd and Norma, Judd's wife. She's never mentioned in the first movie in 1989. Now in the second movie, there's a picture of her. And when Ellie is still alive, she asks Judd who that is. And he mentions that that's his wife that had died some years ago. Right. Yeah. So she actually dies of a heart attack. She dies of a heart attack after seeing Gage. I think after seeing, from the way it's described in the book, I think she dies of a heart attack after either seeing Gage or Judd murdered. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, in the newer movie, he mentions that she had a heart attack as well, same death, but it was years Before. prior. So Judd had been living in the house alone. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's never mentioned in the first movie at all. Mm-hmm. No, but she uh, she basically tells him, like, she's she's his wife, and she's like, going on and on and saying shit to him and making him feel bad. And um, instead of the infamous scene of the cutting of the ankle in a bedroom, he's actually going downstairs yeah. to get away from her, but she's somehow already down there. And then she slices his steps and yeah, slices, slices his ankle, gets him down and kills him, stabs him to death. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, Rachel's on her way back because what was, I actually don't remember. What was, how did Rachel know? Like, why did she come back? Well, remember, she started having the visions of Zelda at her parents' house. Because in the, in the remake, in the original movie, Zelda choked. But in the remake, when Rachel was younger, Zelda, they had a dumb waiter. Right. And if people don't know what a dumb waiter is, it's like if you live on a second floor of a house, it's basically like a little crawl space that has a tray in it yep. that's on a pulley system and you can lay a, like food or plates or whatever on this tray. And if you either hit a button, if you hit a button, it'll wheel the tray all the way up to the second floor, or third floor or whatever. So people can get what's ever off this tray. And she didn't want to go upstairs to give Zelda her food when she was little. So she sent it through the dumbwaiter and Zelda ended up falling down the dumbwaiter and died. That was, which was, that was so bad. fucking brutal. And yeah, it was because she opened the door and she was there. And but just so <clears throat> that happened, that creeped her out. And then she woke up and then she heard Gage crying and Gage saw Pascal. That's right. That's Gage when he was said saying that, yeah. Pascal's name. And she sort of, she never saw Pascal, but she recognized the name mm-hmm. and she kept trying to call. Uh, That's right. He never and answered. And he was not answering the phone. So she called Judd and this was before Judd died, passed mm-hmm. out or whatever died. And she kept trying to call Judd and Judd said, well, I'll go over to check on him. And then she never heard back from him. She never so heard back from him. That's either. right. That's right. That's right. So that's how she started getting on her way home. And that's when she was driving right. home. Right. And, and then we saw Barry. <laughs> um. So that's right. That's and then she gets home, and um. Of course, at this time, Ellie's basically trying to kill Lewis. Um. Yeah. Like, Rachel sees that she sees Lewis first. Yeah. And then she's like, 
how are you doing and all this stuff? And he's like, Ellie's back. And then you look over and she's walking towards them. And she's like, that's not my yeah, daughter. Yeah, I can't deal with this. I cannot deal with it. Yeah. You yeah. would think she would be happy, but she did not. She's react. like, that's not, that's not our daughter. That's not Ellie. Um, and Ellie's like, okay, I don't want mommy around anyway. And you're like, what the fuck? I know she was like, I don't want her here anyway. Meanwhile, Gage is just chilling in the car. <laughs> he's still just chilling in the car. Um, and the cat's still alive doing its shit. Um, but so they go upstairs and Ellie basically, um, kills Rachel and Rachel tells Lewis, she says, do not, um, do not bury me. Like, do not take me there. No. Like, don't do this to me. And he's like trying to comfort her and stuff. And he stands up. And when he stands up, Ellie actually drives a, what was that? That she put through his body to kill him. Um, now, is this when they're still in the house? Yeah, this is this is when they're still in the house. And um, I apologize. Oh, no, I when... thought she knocked him unconscious with the shovel. Or did she actually stab him? I thought she stabbed him once they got... You know what? No, you're right. I'm. I apologize. He was just knocked unconscious. He was not she killed. She stabbed. Yeah. He was not killed yet. Um, she stabbed. She uh knocked him unconscious, and then when she that's right she, when she knocked him unconscious, she drug Rachel to the place and buried Rachel herself. Well, she dragged Rachel. Oh yeah! By this time, she had already dragged. Rachel yeah, she she dragged Rachel her. into the woods and buried her. He went outside to try to find them, and then goes to Gage in the car and says, "Do not unlock the door for anybody. Stay in the car. Right. Do not unlock the door for anyone at all." Um, goes and finds them. He finds Ellie, not Rachel yet, but he right, finds right. Ellie, and then they talk for a minute, and then Rachel comes back because he and was getting Rachel ready to kills kill. him. Yeah, because he was actually getting ready to kill Ellie. Yeah, he was almost going to kill Ellie, and then Rachel actually. Yeah, she him. stabs him. Yeah. And then they carry him. This is the huge difference between yeah. the two. They carry him to the pet cemetery. Bury, bury him. him. He comes back. All three of them. All three of them are now zombified. like crazy ass motherfuckers. And then they go to the car and they're walking towards the car. Poor Gage has no fucking idea what's going on. They're walking towards the car. Here comes fucking church, jumps on the car, looks through the window and he walks over to the side of the car, looks in the window, and says, unlock the door for me. Or no, he knocks on it. And, and then, of course, the window, because yeah. Gage doesn't know that he's fucked up, he unlocks the door for him. And then that's the end of the, that's movie. The, end of the movie. And so I they, really enjoyed that. I have to say I liked the ending of the new one better. I did, too. I liked that a lot better. I did, too. I like how they Because the whole family technically lived. <laughs> yeah, te- technically <laughs> they did. At least if they made out, they were just two corpses making out instead of like, huh. And now you don't know what happens. This is kind of neat because it could lead you into like, what happens to this family from there? Are they just like on this mission to go out to kill as many other people as they can and bury them in the cemetery? And you're like, is we're that just, what they're This whole... is the start of the zombie apocalypse in a whole new way. Right, exactly. <laughs> like that's, that was one of my, that was something I thought about later on was like, is, is that how this zombie apocalypse starts is with this wendigo zombie indian cursed ground and really cool actually holy shit somebody man. make a zombie apocalypse movie pet cemetery based 
Well, we did talk about this too, that they were, they were in talks to making a prequel. So mm-hmm. the producer of the new Pet Cemetery movie, um, they're looking back towards the book. Uh, and now this isn't mentioned much in the new movie, but I don't actually think it was mentioned at all. At all in the new movie. Um, if it was, it was see, very brief. I was trying to remember if it was mentioned around the time that Judd had pulled out the books and was explaining to Lewis You know what? I about, think he did. No, I think he, it wasn't. Nope. You're, you know, you know what? He did not. He so did he not only mention. talked about the Wendigo and the and tribe. His, yeah. All he told him was that, remember when I told you, kind of like in the remake, like when they saw the original Pet Cemetery and Judd talked about his dog when he was a little boy. And then that's when, after Church died and came back, he sat down with Lewis and told him about this book where he said, um, no, my dog didn't originally die. He died and I buried him in this land that was inhabited by a Wendigo, this Indian burial ground. And when he came, my dog came back, he was violent and my mother made me kill him again or my father killed him again. But he doesn't mention this other character that's mentioned in the book in the original movie. And this is sort of like where the real legend of the whole zombie thing mm-hmm. came from is there was a, because uh, this is such a small town, there was this army hero named Timothy and um, he died in World War II. And uh, his father was so grief stricken that he couldn't deal with his death. And I think Judd was around the same age as this Timothy kid at the time. And in the first movie, Judd's telling Lewis the story about his friend that his father couldn't deal with it. His father buried him in the land behind the pet cemetery. Timmy came back a zombie, terrified everybody. Um, so a group of men, including Judd, who was around the same age of Timothy at the time, they go to uh, Timothy's home to kill him and found that Bill and Timothy were both already dead. I think maybe Bill had killed his son and they lit the house on fire. So uh, what they're wanting to do, the producers of the new movie are wanting to make a prequel and kind of touch more of that story that was in the book and in the original movie was sort of the beginning of how this land came to be. And I think that would be so neat if they sort of touched on like kind of in the beginning, like, more on the Micmac history of that tribe into the Wendigo, how all of that was manifested and then go into years later of now this new family having it and this uh, this guy, this young son being murdered in the war and like kind of like how it came to be that this original land was cursed and evil and that anything that was buried there would come back a zombie basically so it's very very interesting i would like to see that i'd very much like to see that i love origin stories like that too. oh yeah i love i love a good origin story so. i love because i love the idea you know and i i don't know if you're familiar with this i don't know if any of our listeners will be familiar with this but uh so stephen king wrote the book in 1983 the movie originally came out in 89 and then of course the remake 30 years later but when he wrote the book because like I said he grew up in Maine lived in Maine so he tries to kind of keep everything in the same universe but he also writes from some real life things too and that was one of the things like some real life things from Cujo he wrote about and that was something that he put into Pet Cemetery. also was that they did live at one time by a really busy street and his daughter's cat was hit by a 
truck when she was young and that was his way of explaining to his daughter about death kind of the same way that both Lewis's and the original and the remake try to explain to Ellie about death even though by the time the remake happened Ellie's like no church is still alive and that's when they're both like oh shit and that's when they figure out about the pet <laughs> cemetery but um yeah so it's sort of that actual event happening of Stephen King's daughter losing her cat at the same age, much in the same way that Ellie lost church sort of led into, and they buried her in the back, you know, and that sort of led into this dream state of like, well, what if they could come back or what, you know, what if there was something and to sort of tie it into the Indian tribe and sort of make it all in the same universe was really neat. Sometimes that is better. That is actually always better. You never want to bring them back. No. Don't bring them back. They'll come back with zombies and they'll kill you. <laughs> so don't go to the pet cemetery. Don't you do it. Don't you go to the pet cemetery. <laughs> oh, I hope everybody else is enjoying that as much as we are. <laughs> I really hope you guys have enjoyed this. I mean, if you want me to, I could do a whole episode like this. But it would be very hard because I have to hold my mouth really weird. So. Holding my mouth like this for an entire episode would be very hard for me to do, and I think it would just me being holding this ugly face for the rest of my life. I'd be afraid it would be stuck like that. Oh my god! It, oh, actually, sorry. I can hardly even do it for that long, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm gonna look like I had a stroke. No so in <laughs> all, I give. I think me and Becky both agree. We both give Pet Cemetery remake six point four. And to be honest with you, Maybe I give ride it, around to a six and a half. I might even round it. Off I give it more because I liked the ending better. I did too. So of course, special effects notwithstanding, but even in the even in the original, we were saying too, like with Pascal's and Rachel's later on, if she's dead, like the special effects in the original one were just so good on yeah. for its time. And you know, God, give it up to a little boy as young as he was. Like it was Miko Hughes. Uh, that played Gage in the original movie. And I think that um, at the time, if I remember, I think this was like probably one of the first movies he had ever done. Well, he didn't was three we, years old. I was going to say he would have been three years old because I think we looked up his age old. and he was he 33. Was, yeah. So right he now. He was exactly three years old. I mean, he was literally baby. a baby. And like. And he was talking. Oh my God. It made he it was so talking. believable and it made it almost more heart wrenching that he was this cute little three year old toddler that came back and did these horrific things. And you're just like, oh my God, this poor baby. Like, you didn't want to see him die, but it's like, oh no, you're killing people. Like, you have to go. Like, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. And you could just see the pain on his dad's face. And I, you know, I mean, that was the one thing about both movies that's so hard. Like, the pain of losing a child. You could never even imagine that. And losing a child twice. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you could understand. I think there's so many people that maybe have gone through a death that's very tragic and watched that and thought to themselves, like, yeah, you know, if I did have a chance to bring them back just once for a moment... And have even the slightest bit of time with them, I would love to. But at the grand in the grand scheme of things, no, you don't. Not if they're going to come back like that, because they're not going to come back the same person. They're just not. I think it's the same thing with people that get obsessed with cloning. That's the same DNA, but that is not the same 
person that is not orphan black uh yeah we know all about that orphan black seriously guys it's not horror but it's sci-fi if you haven't watched orphan black do it pretty damn good i'm starting shout out tatiana mazani being i've seen the entire series three times through (laughs) (laughs) i have a tattoo of it i'm kind of in love with orphan black guys so I'm but. getting into the third season, so I'm loving it. I'm so glad Cable Sestas. has it. I love it. She likes Sestas. I love the Sestas. <laughs> Nobody that watches Orphan Black, they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? <laughs> Just look it up. Watch it. Cloning. Like I said, it's on cloning. It's on cable. So if you have cable, you could you can find it. But yeah, just like the cloning thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with a zombie. You bury something. If they're not going to come back as the same person. It's not going to be with the same person. So I get having that guilt and grief and wanting to see them again. But dead is better. Dead is better. If they're dead, you need to let them go. Their soul has moved on. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing that I felt like these both movies really touched on. Like, all surrounding the concept of death because it right. seems to all go back around to not being able to deal with death. And it starts right there from the beginning in the book and the original movie and even in the remake, all about Rachel and her sister Zelda. She was so young and just did not comprehend death, didn't deal with death, didn't want to deal with it, and still lived with so much grief about what happened to Zelda and blaming herself since childhood that she just didn't even know how to explain death to her own children. Like even in the first movie when they find this pet cemetery and Judd's trying to explain to Ellie that it's a place of rest where their soul has moved on, like, even then, Rachel didn't feel comfortable no. with it. And then it's really touched on more in the remake, where she really, it's not Judd, but it's Lewis who has this conversation with Ellie as a little girl about things dying. And they, you know, he says he basically doesn't believe in God. And, you know, and he is a doctor, and I can sort of see looking at things from the medical aspect of it. But you know, it, it, his wife, Rachel does have a hard time with that. Cause she's like, I don't think they definitely have different viewpoints of how they should tell their child about right. grief and what happens when you die. But I think the ultimate thing that just surrounds all of this is not being able to deal with death, mm-hmm. not wanting to put something like that to rest, but ultimately realizing that whatever you've buried in that ground is just a body that is a body their spirit and their soul has left and whether you believe in heaven or reincarnation or wherever their ethereal plane they've traveled to their soul is no longer inhabited that body that's just a body so even if that body comes back reanimated zombie whatever that is not that person god guys sit and just think about that (laughs) That's actually really hard to comprehend when you sit and think about it. Yeah. Because, like, you are you, and then you die, and your body's still here, but you're not. That's not That's you. just so crazy to me. The fuck? <laughs> and we, yeah, you know, like, I hate to get off on a spiritual tangent about it, but it does. You know, and that's why I kind of like in the remake how they touch more about that. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of scene where he goes, like yeah, I don't believe in God. So in so many ways, he's saying that he's an atheist. And I think that's probably why it was even harder later on. Like his wife definitely wasn't dealing with death. Rachel definitely hadn't dealt with death because of what fucked her up with her sister. But then clearly Lewis doesn't know how to deal with death after. No. Uh, 
Ellie dies in the remake, like he's not having it. And I think a lot of that does have to go back to him not having that spiritual side. And his mind, body, soul, everything is buried in the ground. And if I just bring it back, it'll come back and everything will be fine. And clearly it was not fine. (laughs) Actually, it was fine. They were fine. Oh, God. When he was brushing her hair. Oh, and that scar in the back of her head because of the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. That was a little awkward. Just I was like, just a little bit. Ew. Yeah. She also looked really pale. Oh my god, and her eyes were like offset. Like, oh my god, her one she eye got was smacked like... in the face, and you're like, ah, what the fuck? Yeah. So that is one thing because I know a lot of people like, and clearly in the first movie, this was in 1989. We know this old boy got hit by a truck, but you don't want to make him look fucked up because i just feel like that right been like she didn't look real fucked up no it was just but her clearly eyes. knew something was wrong like yeah. you saw her face and like, <gasps> like it was not symmetrical like it was it was hard on the eyes it was very yeah not easy her, to her look at. if you looked at her straight on one of her eyes was like lazy looking yeah like it like, was it like was half clearly off like you knew there was an accident you knew something something had happened some type of head trauma was there clearly so she was like and you're like oh my god yeah. But yeah, solid, I'd say a solid six and a half for the remake. And I now think we know a lot of that we're had... probably going to get a lot of hate from that because I actually did a poll for you guys yesterday and over 52%, I think, of you said that the old original is better. I don't think the original is better, but I don't think the only reason why I think the new one is better is because I like the ending better. Me too. I agree. That is the only reason. Other than that, those both of those movies are as they're equal to me. They're and, phenomenal. You know, you have those people that are and I've been known to be like this. I know you're not a big reader, I'm a big reader. And you do have those few people that are like if a movie stays like die hard original to the mm-hmm. book, yeah. you know, people are like so excited. And there was so much about the first movie that really stayed like die hard original to the the book. The book. So I could see like, you know, but again, we didn't we didn't I don't think we were that far off. I mean six and a half to a six is like meh. And really the only reason why it got that like extra half was because the endings were different. I liked the ending better. just happened to enjoy the yeah. ending of the remake better, but I don't think that took away from either movie. I thought both movies were done so well. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were just... Because the original Pet Cemetery is one of the older uh, horror movies that can legitimately creep me out. It is a creepy movie. It's very creepy. It's very unsettling. Because, you know, you watch, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's just cheese. Let's just be, let's be honest. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street is cheese. That's a fun watch. Yeah, that's something Um, you want to watch. Halloween is creepy. Halloween also has a very solid creep factor, but it's also cheese. To be honest with you, Pet Cemetery is kind of cheese, but because of the sister and because of the amazing effects that they do for Pascal... It has a solid creep factor to it because fucking Zelda. If you ask anybody what scared them in the original Pet Cemetery, they're gonna say Zelda mm-hmm. because that whole thing and its contortion. I can't. Oh, I can't handle contortion. Contortion is just one of the most creepy things to me, and I think the Grudge gave me that complex. But um, yeah, both movies. Both movies are just unsettling. so good, though. 
Well, there's just something like I think that's what we said that grief. It's just something. There's just something both very unsettling to both movies of a child dying, like something so innocent, and just that, like I want my child back, and you're just so desperate, and then they do come back after you bury them in the cemetery, and it's like, oh my god, that's not the same person, and like you're struggling with that. Like that was so heart wrenching in the end of the movie, like where you see him crying and like, he knows he has to kill the original movie, the 19th version, like where he knows he has to kill Gage. And he's like in that hallway with the syringe and morphine. And he's like crying and all these tears are in his face. He's very emotional. And then of course, by this time he's had to now watch his son die twice. His wife's dead. His best friend's dead. Like, every, he's just lost his fucking mind at this yeah. point. Like, I can almost see why he buried his wife like he did. Because it's right. like, well... Out of curiosity, if you kill something that came back, could you bury it again? So that's what I'm wondering. Could you just keep reburying over and over and over and over and over? Like, what do you think? I didn't get it right the second time around. Let me do it again. Do Third it time's again. charm! Oh my god. That's, <laughs> that, would be, that is a funny thing. Like... Is that possible? And then again, if it is possible, why would you want to do that? <laughs> if it's possible, why? <laughs> I would almost feel like it would be the same thing. Again, like going back to cloning, like if you clone like way too many fucking times, eventually you're going to start getting them in clones where it's like, okay, y'all are falling apart. Like, yeah, like stop. what the fuck what is are that? You? Like, we need to cut this process out. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that. About wraps up Pet Cemetery. No, yeah. I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, that about wraps up Pet Cemetery. She was like, "Let me bring Judd back." I was I'm like, sorry. "Wait, where do where do you I go?" Judd. Where do you we go? had to we had to end it on Judd's note. And just remember, everybody, Judd is better. That is fucking better. That is fucking better. I can't better. do it as well. I can't. Just remember that is fucking better. I did notice there was like no cut. Yeah, well, yeah, it probably would have been rated R even back in 1989, even if there was like the slightest bit of cussing in it. Well, they, it, it's rated R anyway. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I would think so. The little boy. I think they say fuck once if Maybe. I if I remember correctly. And you don't actually see Gage. Well, even in the remake, you don't actually see the kids get hit by the truck, but which is nice. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for that. that. But I mean, it's implied enough that it's still like, ugh. Okay, I can see how this would be rated R because that's very disturbing. Well, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like those poor kids in England that saw that trailer for Ma <laughs> when she hit that person on the road. Oh no! And they showed the hurt. Like and you, you know, I've you've heard seen of that, that trailer, happening. right? And I've actually heard of that happening before, like where kids will go in to watch a kids movie with their parents, and they end up showing like a horror movie during <laughs> the credits, and you're like, "What the you fuck?" You go in watching Peppa Pig, and this person gets hit, hit by, by a car. It's like very bloody, and they're like, "Oh my fucking god!" They showed a trailer for that, and uh, was it Brightburn? And Brightburn, and Brightburn, yeah, which is creepy as. But, oh my god. Well, they Brightburn showed that woman thing. pulling glass out of her fucking eye. Brightburn. How great does Brightburn look, though? Can we talk about that? Oh my god. I'm like, big up to James Gunn, and it's <laughs> yes. brothers. His brothers actually wrote the movie, and he's directing it, and I'm so glad his career is back. That man is such a brilliant filmmaker, and this movie, what a dark turn to take basically Superman's origin story, but what if he wasn't good? Like, what if Superman was the villain? Like, and again, like we mentioned too, we really need Elizabeth Banks to do more horror. Elizabeth, y'all, have you seen The Uninvited? Because if you haven't, watch it. It's one of the best 
endings. And she's not ever even really seen. in that very heavily, but the she, twist she at the is. end towards the end though, and then of course yeah. she's in the twist, like because she has that to be. twist. I literally had to go back and rewatch the movie immediately because and I, know I was like. Oh, you know what? James Gunn directed Slither. I don't know why I didn't think about that. So I can see why him Elizabeth Banks, Elizabeth yeah. Banks for it. And Slither was more a horror comedy. That was more. I like Slither like a lot. Though, yeah. That was more of like a horror comedy, but Slither was also a great movie. Yeah, I really I'm don't so want to give away the twist in the Uninvited. Like there, there are certain things that I like to talk about spoilers with, but the Uninvited have had one of the best twists I've and ever you seen. You know what? Movies like that where it's. I don't, again, just like we mentioned, same thing with, okay, so Pet Cemetery, the original one came out 30 years ago. This newer one just came out like a month ago. So yeah, we're going to give spoilers, whatever. But movies that literally have such a twist that if we tell you the ending, it ruins the entire movie. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give that away. That right? movie, Dead Silence. Um, yeah, there's some movies you just need to And watch. especially if never, ever, ever, ever spoil the original Saw for anybody, I will fucking come after you because I have chills. The ending of that movie is the best twist I've ever seen well, in anything it ruins in my life. Every it's it's takes away the whole franchise if you decide to, you know, really stick it out that long, but it takes away just I did. I did too. I did. Die hard. Sorry guys, I had to. I fucking turned into torture it, porn, but, but I sticked. I stuck I with it. Still stuck with it too. I had to. I just I loved the concept. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There's just certain movies where if you give away the ending and it literally changes the entire format of the movie, I just, I can't do that to people. And nine times out of 10, they're James Wan movies because his twists are so insane. Yeah. I just tell people like, look, I know it came out 10 years ago or whatever, but like, I promise you just watch it. Just please watch it. I'm not going to give it away. I'm just, especially the way Saul gives away the twist, because if you guys have ever, if you haven't, I'm sure all of you have seen it, but if you haven't seen it, listen to this. The soundtrack's phenomenal. And while the twist is being given away, there's a climax in the music. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it, it literally is one of the best things I've ever seen oh, in my life. It's just I have chills talking about ending. it. It's just, it's so fucking incredible. Yeah. I've, I've never seen an ending of a movie it's where a I've been like... It's a rarity. It yeah. really is. And that's, that's where, like, when people say, what's an underrated movie? I'm like, The, Uninvi- the Uninvited is probably mm-hmm. one of the most underrated movies I've ever seen. Because you, you have this whole movie figured out in your head. And then the ending, you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then you have to go back and rewatch it. And then when you go back and rewatch it, the clues through the entire movie, you see them. You see everything. And you're like, how did I fucking not notice that? <laughs> and I just feel like that makes you appreciate it. Even it does, more. yeah, because you you can see that the director and the people writing in it and everything that the actors, everybody's paying attention to the detail of the twist. Yeah. So they're you know you it, it, and I love like the the movie The Others. That's another twist. That's oh, phenomenal. yeah, that's a great movie. Phenomenal twist. I had to, again. I had to go back and rewatch yeah. that because I was like, and then you see. You can see it when you go back and rewatch it. You're like, oh, how did and I that, not notice that? That's, again, another movie that it, it holds up. Yeah, it the others holds, holds up, up completely. Yeah, it holds up to today. That's why we were saying, like, even the original Pet Cemetery. There, I love movies that came out, even if they came out years ago. Like, the others came out years ago. That's been at least 20 what, years 2002 ago. What, 2002 at least? Yeah, it's yeah. going on 20 years. And it's like... 
here you've got Pet Cemetery 30 years ago, this movie almost 20 years ago, Uninvited's been almost 10. These movies to this day still hold up. You mm-hmm. can still watch them to this day and they're still just as good as they were when they first came out. The Uninvited is on Netflix right now, guys. Yeah. Just letting you know. So watch watch it. The Others, I believe, is on Amazon and it I think it is, yeah. comes on I cable. think that might actually be on Hulu. And it comes on cable. It's actually a on Shudder. Guys, it's on Shudder. And again, if you're still old school cable like me, it comes on cable a lot. A lot, let me tell you. HBO will go through those random things where it'll be on like every day for a fucking month. The others, the others, the others. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'll watch this. There ain't shit else on. It's a Family Guy marathon or the others. We'll watch this. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, I think that about wraps up this week's episode. Um, This is a fun one. Guys, next week. Actually, it's kind of cool. I didn't even think about the fact that we were talking about Pet Cemetery with the Wendigo. Until How perfect did like, that work out, too, that we saw the movie. Well, that was so great because I I've never read the book. I know we mentioned the book a lot, and I definitely wanted to because, obviously, both movies are based on Stephen King's book. My dad read the books, though, mm-hmm. and it was it was neat that... They never mentioned it. I never read the book. They don't mention it in the first movie. But then we watched this movie and we're like, holy shit, Indian tribe, going back to the original book, that's all mentioned. And then they didn't mention this in the book, but then they mentioned the Wendigo and we see it. And I'm like, next week we're doing a whole cryptids episode. Like, yep. that's crazy. Yep. Because I was like thinking about it right when I was talking about it at the beginning of this episode, I was like, that's so funny that we're going, we're talking about cryptids next week and there's a Wendigo in this movie. Like, I'm so that's, excited about this episode I'm so too. excited. You guys send in your stories. We've gotten a few. Um, I mean, cryptids cover such a wide variety of things. Um, werewolves, Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Jersey Devil, Frogman. Lame. Anything <laughs> local, too. I mean, there's a lot yeah. local to this area. And feel um, free to share, like, it doesn't have to be something that happened to you. If you have a local cryptid that you know about, kind of like how we've talked about Frogman. because And actually, I just talked to my husband a couple weeks ago. He mentioned to me, there's a neighborhood that um, you don't live far from, that's not far from here. It's north of Cincinnati called Westchester and there's been sightings even there of Bigfoot. There's been Bigfoot sightings. Low. Yeah, I'll have to get into more detail with him about that, but... Fuck! Even, I'll mention Guys, it off, I'm fucked! I'll mention it <laughs> off air, because we don't need to be mentioning roads, but, uh, because I it's a little too close to GPS and shit. Um, but, uh, we'll mention it off air. I'll have him mention to you what road it is, and it's gonna fuck you up. Because we were, like, driving on that road, and he's like, you know there's been Bigfoot sightings on this road? And I was like, what the fuck are you- near the movie film? Fuck me! Like, guys, I'm fucked! <laughs> I'm not fucked! She's like, it's in my backyard! I'm gonna see I'm going to go outside of my back porch and be like, um, y'all seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> and then I'm just going to be like, no, that's my dad. <laughs> my, dad's na- my dad's nickname and his job was Bigfoot. You need to shave. <laughs> Take care of that, please. But yeah, like. Share share local. Um, yeah, if, if you, you guys have, have any local, local ones, that's ones. great. But even ones where like. Yeah, I mean, if you live... If you have a friend that wants to share theirs um, story and they want it on the podcast, by all means, talk to your friend, have them send us an email. Um, But also, if any of you live in in any Indian reservations, 
Yeah, you've had Wendigo or uh, Skinwalker. Skinwalker story. I really would love would to love hear those. some Skinwalker story. Guys, yeah. I'm obsessed with Skinwalkers. I'm like probably to the point I shouldn't be. The Ghost <laughs> but... Adventure Skinwalker Ranch episode did it for me, and then I got into like everything I needed. I wanted to know about Skinwalkers, and then listened to. Gotta give them a shout out, and that's why we drink. They were just here a few days ago in Cincinnati. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to see them. They sold out, guys. Like, quickness. Um, And they're a great true crime horror podcast. They're awesome. Um, They did an episode, uh, early, early episode, when I started listening to them about Wendigos. So, like, here I had had this whole thing with Skinwalkers forever. And then, like, just earlier this year, started finding out more about Wendigos. I'm like... I've been, as soon as we knew we were going to do a podcast and do cryptid episodes, I was so excited. I yeah, was so Wendy, excited. Wendigos, there is a difference between Skinwalkers and Wendigos. Yeah. And, um, we'll go into more detail. About I will, that. Yeah. I will kind of, uh, we will cover, definitely cover, like, the differences between them. We'll go over, like, the big cryptids, like, a little, we'll go in a little oh bit. Oh my god, like, Mothman, 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 another one. Jersey Devil, like, all of those. We won't go into extensive detail, but we'll, we'll touch on them. Um, I also got a great book at the library that I'll reference a bit next week to more lo- local cryptids, um, but it's called Weird Ohio, just this random book that I found at the library. Frog, man. so awesome. But it's got that in there, and it's also got so many, I, can, I was really in shock how many cryptids tie into just locally in Cincinnati where we are but I mean all over Ohio and then of course they touch on uh Mothman a little bit too yeah. so yeah please let us know guys yeah so sure. if you do have any stories or want to share anything f- please send it to dfwto8493 at gmail.com you got it so um, that's the email we want you to send it to. Again, I will tomorrow. I'll post another promo. Um, oh, yeah. That way that you guys have you know physical something you can see that we're gonna do. Um, so I'll make sure to post that. But please send in your stories, and next week we'll share your stories and we'll talk about some cryptids. Love it. Um, wanted to throw out our sponsor again, guys. Uh, calm your body down. Calm your body down. Love it. I am making that. That's that that is that is officially your. That is officially the theme song now. Especially because it. it goes up and then down. It's perfect. Calm your body down. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're welcome. Copyright and trademark. Uh, that it. was Casper's trademark. I love it. But um, yeah, I just got some really great feedback recently about the bath bombs. So I'm loving it, guys. Uh, everything's on the Etsy shop. Um, and then I'll get in the habit on the um, Instagram. It's uh, at C your BD of uh, promoing the don't fuck with the originals every Wednesday because um, there is a free shipping code DFWTO. If you go to the Etsy shop, etsy.com slash shop slash calm your body down, put in that DFWTO uh, coupon code and you will get free shipping on um, all your orders. So everything's made to order all natural ingredients. Um, again, guys, you could literally buy bath bombs from anywhere else, but they're going to have dyes and artificial ingredients and stuff that break out your skin. All of this stuff you is gotta all natural. got to watch out for that stuff because UTIs. Oh, my God. Oh, or just literal rashes all over your body. Like, I have the worst dermatitis ever. I'm literally allergic to everything. I am one of those people that have to buy lotions and body washes and read the ingredients on the back. And Good I'm like, Lord. oh, I can't use this or I'm just going to break out into one big giant rash. So, like... <laughs> 
these are literally the only products I've ever been able to use that don't affect my skin. So if you guys have and they're amazing products, if you guys have any skin issues at all, like I have, I know I'm not the only one. I've talked to so many other people. I just recently had to have my car worked on. And the guy that worked on my car said that his wife, like I'm bringing him stuff. Cause he said, my wife has to buy this really expensive stuff that we order online because she's literally like allergic to everything. So yeah, if anybody Yeah, has- my it makes my skin so soft. Y'all, I need to buy some more from her. And who doesn't I'm I'm over here bones? talking about it and I'm like, I need to buy some more. <laughs> and who doesn't want to like and I know I'm not the only one that does not take a bath. I know I'm this- not the only one. I'm gonna sing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> she goes from Judd to singing. I just freaking love this. But I'm just entertainment tonight. Who I guess. doesn't listen to podcasts when they're taking a bath? I do all the time. I, I don't listen to music. Do guys? I do. I either listen to music or podcasts when I'm bathing. I, I usually do. will listen to music from Skyrim. Actually, I love it. It's relaxing. I'm such a video game nerd, guys. I'm like, I listen to Skyrim. But it's also relaxing, though. It is very relaxing. God, the the relaxing music from Skyrim. And also uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I like to play a lot of that music, too. This is why we need to get our Patreon up. So that you can do your video game stuff. Especially because I was like, Until Dawn talks about Wendigos. That's the main villain and until dawn. We've had people mention though, like, and guys, we'll get that going. You know, we're trying to like, we got our trip next month. We were just talking about. Yeah. Um, I've been insanely distracted for the past few weeks. And if you guys saw on like, it's just, I'm not even on cloud. Like I'm not even on the planet. I'm on like cloud 75. So I'm, I'm trying to get my brain back in the game, and we got vacation next month. And I know and for, like, the last 17 episodes, we've set off and on, like, Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Guys, we will get it. We are things, doing it. Things come in time. Because I actually had somebody you. talk about a shirt. They really want a shirt. I so promise I'm, you guys, at least, <sighs> but I can promise you guys for sure before the end of the year, definitely before the end of the summer, we will have a Patreon up. Yeah. We will definitely have a Patreon up, and we'll have... Because I really do, like, I would love for not only be able to sell merchandise, but not only that, be able to feature other things that are also horror, but kind of like offshoot. You do horror video games. I know I've had people mention that before, that they're really into that and reviews and stuff. Um, And then I really want to get into, like, conspiracy theory theory horror because and i I can't wait like if you guys really want to hear a review about something and you're like play this video game and i'd be like okay done (laughs) or like i said too there's there's government experiments that lead into um a lot of conspiracy theories with aliens and mind control and cryptids and different things like that. So, I mean, like that's something that's like right up my alley that I'm really heavily into. So I would love to be able to offshoot that on a Patreon and get everybody's feedback because I know people are, and it would also be a good way to not get, that can sometimes be something that gets demonetized. So it would be nice to be able to have it like on our Patreon so we don't have to worry about getting demonetized and people can still have access to it because people are into it and it just sucks. Yeah, that. it'll be really cool because you guys get to see a different part of us. Like we both come together and we love mm-hmm. horror, but this is just something that she loves more herself and something that I love more myself. And, you know, we're, we'll still be on each other's you know, on the, on the episode, we'll still oh, hell be, yeah. be on it and like giving some feedback too. But you know, it's, it's definitely going to be something really fun because I love gaming and she loves conspiracy theories. Oh yeah. So, and again, like I said, it sucks that on other platforms you get demonetized with conspiracy theory shit, but 
Patreon's awesome about that. Yeah. So. And we're going to have our own website, too, so. Hells, yeah. All right, guys. Well, next week, cryptids, and I think that's it. Have we... Am I forgetting? Oh, yeah. Um, yep, the promos. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Don't Fuck With The Original. Twitter handle is DFWTO8811. Uh, we are on Podbean, CastBox, Podcast Player, and Spotify. Hell yeah. So, at Don't Fuck With The Original. So, make sure to check us out. Yay. That was not as pretty as the other scene. <laughs> <laughs> I still love it. But I'm still gonna... That That's totally your... Oh, I'm down for it. Copyright trademark. Calm your body down. Love it. Ding. I love it. You gotta got it. Got it. Ding. I could be. Calm your body down. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> we'll do that like every other one. Like then... I said, you guys need to calm your body down. <laughs> Get one of those bath bombs. If we if we do not calm your body down, we will kill you and put you in the pet cemetery. <laughs> well, you will come back and we will force you to take a bath. With one of the bath bombs. And your skin will probably fall off. And your skin's gonna fall off. It's gonna be really fucking nasty, but that's alright. Alright, guys, we'll see you next week. Have a good week, guys.